Good to see everybody back out tonight. Let's go ahead and get the service started. Let's all stand. Brother Mike Bennett, would you lead us in prayer and start off the service? Amen. Page 211, remain standing. Tis a sweet and glorious song that comes to me. Hallelujah, yes, hallelujah. Jesus saved my soul from death and now I'm free. Hallelujah, yes, hallelujah. page 176 There was a time on earth when in the book of heaven and old account was standing for ascension of forgiveness my name was at the top and many things we know I went to said long ago, long ago, long ago, yes, the old cow was said long ago, and the records clear today, for he washed my sin away, when the old cow was said long ago, the old cow was hurt, and growing every day, for I was always sinning, and never tried to pay 
320. Slow. I've been waiting for two 
have a little fellowship, and then we'll get to last. see everybody back uh, just got a quick uh, couple of announcements uh, once again the crusaders for christ uh this wednesday uh so uh, please be here for that six o'clock we're gonna have dinner again start eating again uh we're gonna try to be done by 6 45 so we can start uh, crusaders uh, at that particular time uh let's see and one last time next generation they're going to the stripers game on the 26th uh, sign up still out there but uh, make sure if you're in that group, you, you want to go, make sure you sign up because uh, uh, Brother Josh got to make arrangements, get tickets and that kind of thing. So tonight's the last night. Um, other than that, I appreciate it.
Lord this this evening I appreciate each and every one of you that's come back this way I do ask you to please uh, pray for us tonight uh, my heart's heavy with a very heavy subject tonight many of you probably know exactly 
uh, the topic we'll be looking at as soon as I give you the passage of Scripture, which we'll be reading from. Uh, Brother Derek, it's not a fun, it's not a, it's not a joyful topic or subject, uh, but I do believe it's, it's needful and it's necessary. When I preach on this subject, it makes me nervous. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, go ahead and be turning to Luke chapter number 16. Luke chapter number 16, we'll take our text. It makes me real nervous, Brother Warren, when I preach on this, because I, I realize the eternal weight that it has. Uh, Brother Derek, where somebody's going to spend all eternity. Um, Brother Tim, somebody's soul could be hanging in the balance tonight, and it's a very fearful thing to me, something I don't want to take lightly. I want to say and do everything I should, nothing I shouldn't. Let the Lord have His way and the Holy Ghost speak to our hearts. Especially, it makes me real nervous though. Not that I'm afraid, uh, not afraid of going there. I'm thankful I got that taken care of as a 13-year-old boy on Monday Night Revival. I know I'm saved by the grace of God. Brother Leo, not because of anything good I've done, but what he done on the cross. And I've trusted him tonight as my Savior. I'm not worried about going. But there's others that I do worry about. And I know that we have little ones tonight that as they begin to get older, they begin to ask questions and wonder and worry. And, and they begin to get old enough to understand, Brother Tim, and that makes me real nervous. I don't want nothing to happen before it's time. I promise you when I get up here to preach this tonight, I'm not interested in professions. I'm not interested in trying to scare, trying to scare somebody and doing something. That's, that's not my intentions at all. I just want to mind God. But I will say this, I'm not trying to scare nobody into doing anything, but I thank God I did get scared one night. I'm thankful that God scared me to death, hung me out over hell, showed me I was lost, and I was gone, Brother Derek. My church membership wasn't going to do me any good. Mom and Daddy couldn't do anything for me. Uh, it, it didn't matter who I was, where I come from, Brother Tim. It, none of that mattered where I went to church. Being baptized it wasn't even going to do anything for me. I'm glad God scared me to death as a 13-year-old boy. Showed me I was lost and on my way to hell and saved my soul. And I'm just trusting and praying. I ask you to please pray that the Holy Ghost would have His way tonight. Luke chapter number 16. We'll begin reading in verse number 19. The Bible said there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fired sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they... Passed to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. 
let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let's pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, as I bow my unworthy head before you once again, Lord, I'm honored, Lord, and I'm uh, thankful and humbled, Lord, at the privilege to stand before you tonight once again, your people. God, I realize in and of myself, Lord, I'm helpless. Lord, I can't do anything for anybody tonight. God, if anything good is said or done, it'll have to be through you and the working power of the Holy Ghost and through your word tonight. God, I pray that when nobody would see me, but they'd see you high and lifted up and hear from heaven tonight. Lord, I pray that I'd just be a mouthpiece, God, that you'd do the preaching tonight. Lord, that you'd speak to hearts and pray that God the Holy Ghost would have his will and way. Oh, God, you know my heart, Lord. I'm not interested in numbers and or, or, or professions. I'm not interested in trying to scare somebody to make a move. Uh, the last thing in the world that I want to happen, especially for one of these little ones, God, is to try to uh, make a profession, God, and miss the real thing. And then that keep them from getting the real thing later on as it did me. God, that's the last thing I would want. Lord, I, I just pray that you'd have your willing way. Lord, you know my heart. Lord, I know what you put there. Lord, of the burden that you placed on my heart. Lord, I pray that you'd take it from my heart to my lips. Uh, uh, God, that you'd touch us and help us give us utterance. Get us, give us uh, wisdom, God, what to say in discernment. Uh, give us liberty and option to preach. Uh, and Lord, I pray that, that you'd give us ears to hear and listen. And God, help us be sensitive and obedient to the Holy Ghost. Lord, I do pray for those, uh, Lord, that may be here tonight. Lord, that are lost and some that, that may be old enough to understand, Lord, what it means to be a sinner. Uh, Lord, uh, to know what it means to be lost and in need of a Savior, that God the Holy Ghost, Lord, uh, I would come by their way tonight, Lord, and convict in power, Lord, as you did for me one night as a 13-year-old boy and reveal it to them and, and show them tonight, Lord, 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 where they stand with you and their need to be saved and, and that they don't have to die and go to an awful place called hell. They can be saved tonight and, and get it took care of and have peace in their heart and not worry about where they're going when they leave this world. God, would you please help us now? God, touch and help and have your willing way and all it's said and done. We'll try our very best to thank you and praise you for it. For it's in Jesus' precious and holy name I humbly pray. And amen. As I said before, another familiar passage of scripture for our text this evening. A very unpleasant topic, a very heavy topic. Uh, uh, to be honest, something that you don't hear of a whole lot anymore, it don't seem like uh, uh, don't seem like you hear a lot of preaching on hell much anymore, but I believe it's just as needful, uh, if not more needful today than it's ever been. Uh, uh, this topic, this thought of hell, uh, I want to say to you tonight, first of all, by way of introduction, hell is a sure place. It's just as real as the seat that you're sitting on tonight. It is a real place. Uh, it is not just a figment of man's imagination. It's not just a state of mind or a state of being after death. Uh, uh, but it is a literal place. Uh, it's a literal destination of those uh, that die and leave this world without knowing Christ as their Savior. Uh, those that rejected the free gift of salvation that he bought and paid for on the cross of Calvary. It is a real place. Uh, I want to say to you tonight, it was not intended though uh, uh, for you and I thank God hell was never intended uh, uh, for man God's creation uh, uh, but hell was intended for the devil himself uh, uh, that fallen angel that wanted to rise above God and be like God uh, and wanted others to worship him and that third of the angels uh, uh, that went with him the Bible said that they were cast uh, into hell uh, every time that you read about hell uh, or, the, or, the, or the Bible talks about the bottomless pit it's always down it's always down. 
many, many, many passages of Scripture, it talks about hell and talks about down. It talks about beneath the earth. It talks about in the lower parts of the earth. I believe that there's more than enough Scripture to back up the thought and the idea that hell tonight is in the heart of the earth. The Bible also talks about paradise in our text in which we read how that paradise was across from this place called hell. How that they could even see each other and even communicate with each other. And when Christ died, the Bible said, I believe it's in Matthew, the Bible said that Christ, as Jonas was three da- Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. We believe that Christ, when he died on Calvary, went to paradise. And when he rose again, he brought all those all those out of paradise and took them with him to heaven. Uh, uh, therefore, the Bible says that he was in the heart of the earth. Uh, and if hell and paradise are across from each other, I believe there's more than enough scripture to back up the thought that hell tonight is in the heart of the earth. And it's a real place. It is a real place tonight. There is real people tonight in this place called hell. There is a real devil and real demons tonight that abode in this awful place called hell. That is their home. But it doesn't have to be your home. It doesn't have to be your destination tonight. I want to say to you it's a sure place. I want to notice the sudden arrival of this rich man. The Bible said that he died and in hell he lift up his eyes. I mean one minute brother he's alive, he's awake. And he closes his eyes and the very next thing that he sees when he opens his eyes is being in hell and being in torment. That's a pretty sudden arrival. There is no in-between. There's no grave sleep. There's no holding place. Uh, There's none of that. The Bible said immediately after he died, the Bible said in hell he lift up his eyes. It's a sudden arrival uh, for all those that die lost without God. When they leave this world, uh, uh, they immediately wake up and they find themselves in this awful place called hell. It's not fallen for a long time or any of these uh, ideas that people conjure up or think of. Uh, uh, but the Bible says that immediately. Just as fast as a, as a saved person, the Bible said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Uh, uh, just as sudden as a saved person uh, takes their last breath and finds themselves in the presence of the Lord. It's just as sudden for a lost person uh, that dies without God. He takes his last breath and in hell he lifts up his eyes. Sudden arrival. Then we notice, I thought about the sights and sounds of this place. I thought about what you would see or what you would find in this place. You probably wouldn't see much. The Bible tells us it's a place of outer darkness. You probably can't see very much. Outer darkness. How many of you tonight, you ain't got to raise your hand, but how many of us are scared of the dark? I may not be super scared of the dark, but I'm afraid of what I can't see in the dark. Imagine what they're surrounded by, things that they can't even see. They can hear, they can feel demons and the Satan, the devil himself down there amongst them, and they can't even see or feel, they can't even see or know what they're rubbing up against, Brother Warren. They're, they're surrounded of the things that's among them, the things that are down there with them, and the sounds that they're constantly hearing. The Bible says that there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, uh, uh, constantly uh, clawing on each other, trying to find some way of relief. The screams and the cries, the Bible said, weeping and wailing. That's a scary place. 
That's a place I, I wouldn't ever want to go. I've heard people mock and, and, and make fun and say, oh, I'm, I'm going to go and party and have a good time in hell. I'm not afraid. I'm not worried. Friend, you better get afraid. There is no parties in hell. There's no parties, there's no good times, there's no friends. Uh, you may have some friends down here on this earth that go down there with you, but they're not your friend there. They're clawing all over each other trying to find some way of escape and some way of relief. It's a scary place. I thought about the suffering that you'll find in this place. The Bible said that he lifted up his eyes being in torments. It's one thing to hurt. It's one thing to feel pain. It's one thing to suffer. But it just seems like to me that word torments takes it all to a whole nother level, Brother Marty. I mean, that's just, that's worse than just a little bit of pain. That, I mean, I mean, it's not just suffering and pain of burning in the lake of fire, but being tortured and tormented in this place called hell. The Bible said three different times in Mark chapter number nine, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Three times over and over again, the Lord himself, you'll, if you've got a red letter Bible, you'll find the words are in red. The Lord himself said, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. The fire never it lets up, it never eases, it never dims. It's just constantly burning over and over and over. I thought about three awful ways to die. Three awful ways to die. One would be to burn to death. That'd be an awful way to go. I mean, I mean, you just barely burn your finger and, and get a blister. And it, it, buddy, it hurts. Even after the initial burn, it's sore and it still hurts. But imagine your body all over being scorched and burning, but it never gets any better. It never stops. It just continues over and over and over. I thought about drowning. That just seems like an awful way to die. The Bible says that it's a lake of fire. You're not only drowning for all eternity, brother, uh, brother Derek, but you're, but you're burning and drowning at the same time. You're trying to catch another breath. Trying to catch another breath and the breath won't come. Being suffocated and burning and drowning. The Bible says it's a bottomless pit. I used to have bad dreams at night as a kid of falling. Falling and waking up, scared to death, waking up that I was falling. Imagine constantly falling, but never hitting bottom. Constantly falling, feeling the free fall and, and never hitting bottom. Never stops. Never stops. The suffering that's in this place called hell. I thought about this. I thought about the separation. Some that die lost will go to this awful place called hell. Those of us that are saved will die and go to a wonderful place called heaven. But there's, there's separation there. That's two different destinations. There's only one or two choices that you can go. When we die and we leave this world, I promise you, friend, there's no purgatory. It's not just over and that's the end of it. That's all she wrote. But there is a, there is a life after death. Uh, there is an eternal destination for your soul. Your body may go into the grave, but your soul will live forever. And you've got only one or two choices to choose, heaven or hell. And those that die lost without God will be separated for all eternity from their loved ones that were saved by the grace of God, never to be united again. Separated. Mamas and daddies separated from children. 
Husbands and wives separated from each other. Brothers and sisters separated from each other. Grandparents and grandchildren separated from each other. Eternal separation. Never to see each other ever again. What about the separation? I mentioned this this morning when God wipes away all tears there at the great white throne judgment. And no doubt if some of our loved ones don't make it and we're there seeing them cast into the lake of fire, no doubt it's going to bring heartache and sorrow to our, to our hearts. No doubt, Brother Tim, it would cause us to cry and shed tears. The Bible said that he shall wipe away all tears, almost, almost to the fact that we'll never cry ever again. In order, for that to, in order for that to be possible, in order for heaven to be heaven, what if he wipes away the memory along with the tears? Just stop and think about that with me. Would heaven really be able to be heaven if the whole time you was up there you was thinking about those loved ones in hell? Would you be able to enjoy heaven and all the goodness and the glory of God if the whole time you was there you had a, chi- a child or a mother or father or a spouse that you know was burning and suffering in an awful place called hell never of any hope of getting out? To not only be separated, but to be completely forgotten about. To have the memory of your existence completely wiped away. That's a sobering thought. To not only be separated, but to be forgotten. But Tim, the whole time that, that somebody's suffering in that place called him, their loved ones don't even remember that they were alive. Don't even remember that they existed. So that they could enjoy heaven the way heaven's meant to be enjoyed. To be forgotten. Separation. Then I thought about this. Thought about the sadness. Because of the regret. Bible tells us in this passage of scripture which we read. This rich man still had all of his memory. All of his memories. He knew Lazarus. He recognized him when he saw him. He even knew about Father Abraham. Sounds like to me he had, he had not only knew Lazarus, but he knew who Father Abraham was. Sounds like to me, Brother Terry, he heard, he heard enough of the Word of God that he didn't have to go. He heard about Father Abraham and the faith that Father Abraham and, and those, those forefathers had put their faith and trust in God and how that God was their God and not anybody else's God and how that they trust. That he had heard enough. He didn't have to go. But imagine the regret for all eternity remembering every opportunity that you had that you told God no. Every opportunity that you had and you let it pass by. Every church service that you sit in, every invitation that was ever given and you let it pass you by. I think of that song, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. He, he may be coming by tonight. And if he comes by tonight and the Holy Ghost of God speaks to your heart, don't let him pass you by. You're not promised for him to come by your way ever again. The Bible says that the only time we can come to him is when, he's, when we're being drawn by the Holy Ghost. You may say, well, I'll wait and get saved later. You may not have that opportunity later. You're not promised that chance ever again. You're not promised the Holy Ghost to come by and speak to your heart again. That, that, that's not a guarantee. 
People say, I'm going to live my life and I'm going to sow my wild oats and I'll worry about getting right with God when I get older. I wonder how many of them never even made it to until they got older. Never even lived, maybe even see another day. That time that they were waiting on never came. I thought about King Agrippa as Paul witnessed to him and preached to him. He said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost ain't good enough. You can be sitting in church three times a week, almost saved, and you're still lost. You can have a goodly heritage. You can have a saved mom and daddy. You can be faithful to Sunday school. You can wear a shirt and tie. You can wear a dress. You can, you can say all the right things and still be just as lost tonight, friend, as the murderer in prison. Say, I ain't done nothing near as bad as he has. It don't matter. Sin still sin. All sin has the same consequence and the same wages. The Bible said, for the wages of sin is death. There is no bigger little sin when it comes to God and his righteousness. It's all unrighteousness. It's all sin. And it's all enough to send anybody to hell. People say, well, if God's such a loving God, why would he send anybody to hell? He don't, friend. He died to keep you from going to hell. He's done everything he possibly can to keep you from going. If you go, it's because you choose to go. You send yourself. God don't send you. You send yourself. He's done everything he can do to keep you from going. He's not going to make you get saved. He's not going to force himself upon you. He's paid the way. He's made the way. He's paid the price. All, you, all, he's, all that's required of you is to accept and to trust. But you've got to ask him. He's not going to force it upon you. He gives every man a choice. He lets man choose freely what to do with his heart and with his life. But I thought about how, how final it is and the regret replaying every chance that you had in your mind. To me, that's torment enough. Without the burning, without the drowning and the suffering, without the sounds and sights, just the regret alone, knowing that you didn't have to go, but you did it to yourself. To me, Brother Mark, that's torment enough. I mean, I mean, that has to drive them crazy for years and years and years. Why, Brother Tim, did I not step out? Why did I not go to that altar? Why did I not pray? Why did I not trust Him? I had my chance. I had my opportunity. And I wasted it. I let it go. And that just replays over and over in their mind. The thought that I've got on my heart tonight, and I'm almost through, I promise you, the introductions as long as the message. The thought that I've got on my heart tonight is unanswered prayers from hell. I believe there's three unanswered prayers that we find here in our text. Three, three prayers that you can hear at any given time in this place called hell. In 1970, the Soviet Union had some, a group of scientists that got together and they were studying the earth and the platonic shifts of the earth. And they decided they wanted to see how far down they could drill into the earth. They wanted to get below the crust and, and see if they could make it down to the mantle. And in, and in below the mantle is the core that's divided in the outer and the inner core. They knew they couldn't go that far. But they wanted to see if they could at least just get through the crust and make it to the mantle. And they began to drill. And they drilled for days and days. And they drilled and drilled and drilled some more. Till finally it got so deep and so hard and so hot. That the equipment couldn't handle it any, more, any longer. They couldn't drill any further. They made it 12.2 kilometers deep. Into the earth. 
And there is some, some dispute whether or not this is true, whether or not this is factual. I don't know if it is or not. I've heard the recordings. But they claim that they dropped a microphone down in that hole and recorded some of the sounds and, and were very surprised at what they heard. They was expecting just some noises and sounds of the, of the platonic shifts and things. They, they weren't expecting to hear any audible voices. And like I said, there's dispute whether or not this is real, whether or not it's factual. I can't tell you whether it is or whether it ain't. I just know what I've heard. I've heard the recording uh, played for me, whether or not it's real. I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. Now, I don't need to know if it's real or not to know the hell's real. The Word of God is more than enough, Brother Tim, for me to believe with all of my heart that hell's a very real place. I don't need no recording. I don't need no scientific document. I don't need no, uh, no, no physical proof or evidence to know and believe in my heart that hell is a very real place. But they were disturbed from, from the stories and the reports that I've found. They were disturbed at what they had heard on that recording. From what I understand, they was only able to record about 17 seconds before the microphone finally just melted away. About 17 seconds is all they were able to record. But you can hear people's voices screaming and crying and hollering. Just a, just, just a, just a gobbled up mess of voices screaming and hollering. And it's not of joy and, and, and happiness either. But it's of pain and, and sadness and sorrow. Like I said, whether or not you believe that's real, that, that, it don't really matter. Hell's a real place. But if we could, but just for the sake of the thought tonight and the thought the Lord has laid on my heart, I've had this thought on my heart for weeks now, these unanswered prayers from hell. If we could somehow hear off into hell at some of the cries and some of the pleas and some of the prayers of the people that's there in that awful place, what might we hear? I believe, first of all, there's an unanswered prayer of release. You'd hear a multitude of people crying and begging out for somebody to let them out of there. Somebody to come and get them out. Somebody to release them, to set them free, to turn them loose, to rescue them, to escape out of that awful place called hell. The Bible said that they're weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. They're climbing, they're clawing. I, I believe they're searching, Brother Derek, the whole time they're there. They're searching, trying to find any way somehow or another, trying to find a way out. Trying to find a hole or a door or, or somewhere that they can get out of that place in the misery that they are in. The Bible tells us in our passage of Scripture that, that Abraham told him, he said in verse number 26, he said, Beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. I guarantee you, without a doubt, everybody in hell would have passed over into paradise could they have gotten there. They'd have got out of there in a heartbeat as fast as they could if there had been a way out. But even though they could see paradise, I mean, it was within view. They could see it. They could see Father Abraham, and he could even see Lazarus, that poor man that he didn't care anything about that sit at his gates uh, uh, where the dogs treated him better than most people coming and licking his sores, just hoping for some crumbs to eat from his table. Uh, that man that he probably walked by every day at his gate, he sees him being comforted there in Abraham's bosom. Paradise is in view, but he can't get there. He can't get there. He can't cross over. None of them, they can't cross over. 
I believe that since Christ went and took all those that were trusting in Him out of paradise once He died and paid the sin debt and took them to heaven, I believe that paradise was emptied out and I wouldn't be a bit surprised there have been so many people died since then that more than likely the space of hell has took over where paradise used to even be. Don't think for a minute. Hell, the, Bible, the Bible even tells us that hell hath enlarged herself. It's growing. It's getting bigger every day. The statistics that I looked up just a little while ago before we came to church tonight says roughly on average there's 150,000 people die every day. That's not a year. That's a day. 150,000. Thousand people a day. Sixty around sixty million a year. That's how many people die every year. There'll be about sixty million people that started twenty twenty three, but they won't make it to twenty twenty four. And can I tell you, it's not all older people. It's not all terminally ill people. It's people of all ages. It's people of all different types of health. It don't matter how young you are or how healthy you are. Though you started 2023, you may not make it to 2024. There's no guarantees. Said that 6,611 people on average die every hour. There's over 6,000 people die just while we're in this auditorium tonight. Over 6,000. Now, maybe when you compare to 7 or 8 billion people in the world, that may not seem like a big number, but to me, that's still a very big number. That's just in one hour. An uh, average of 110 every minute. Every 60 seconds, an average of 110 people. And then it goes on down an average of two people per second. Almost two people per second. I went two more into eternity. Two more into eternity. Two more into eternity. I mean, you're talking about adding up. No doubt hell's getting bigger. Because it, it would probably very much so startle us tonight if we knew the percentage of people. The percentage of people. How many people go to heaven out of that bunch and how many people go to hell? I promise you there's a great, much greater majority of people going to hell tonight than they are heaven. The Bible tells us so. He said, straight is the gate and narrow is the way. Few there be that find it. Wide is the way that leadeth to destruction. There's a, a whole lot more people on the course of destruction out headed for hell than they are saved folk. You can tell just by going out here and watching the way people live, how many people, they, you can tell real quick like, old preacher, you ain't supposed to judge. Your life will portray where you're headed. You can get backslid on God. That don't mean you're dying and going to hell. You're still saved by the grace of God. But majority of people never been saved by the grace of God. That's why they live the life that they live. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof is death. They're just doing what seems right to them. They don't know any different. They don't know the Lord is their Savior. Most of them never took time to read a Bible. They're just doing what comes natural. The way that seemeth right to them. But they're headed to an awful place called hell. And once they go, there's no getting out. There's no escape. There is no relief. They're praying. They're begging God or somebody to release them out of that awful place. But it's an unanswered prayer. Nobody's listening. 
Friend, as long as you're still breathing on this earth, there's a God in heaven that'll listen to you. But as soon as you pass over into eternity and go to a place called hell, he's no longer listening. You can cry and pray for years and years and years, every moment of the day, and nobody's listening. I thought about that rich man. I don't, believe it's just, I don't believe this is just another parable. I believe it's a true story because we have people mentioned by name. We have names and destinations. I believe the only reason why the rich man's name ain't mentioned is because God didn't know him. He said, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you depart from me. He didn't know him. He was lost. That's why his name is not mentioned in the word of God. He was lost, man. He died lost, and that's why he went to hell. We know Lazarus by name because he knew the Lord, and the Lord knew him by name, and that's why his name is pinned down in the word of God. We know his name. This is not just a parable. This is a true story. This happened before Christ ever even died on Calvary. He's already been in hell a minimum of over 2,000 years already. Still ain't got out yet. Still tonight, brother, he's not found a way to get out yet. He's still there. He's been there over 2,000 years. Brother Marty, he's still not found a way out. He may still be crying and begging and praying. He may still be searching, but he ain't found a way out. It's an unanswered prayer from hell. There's a prior release. I'm moving on very quickly. There's a prior relief. That rich man cried out to Father Abraham. He said, send Lazarus. He wasn't, even, he wasn't even asking Abraham to get him out at this point. I mean, what a simple, what a small request, Brother Marty. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water that he may cool my tongue. He just wanted that right there. Just one little drop. We don't think nothing about a drop of water. But he's in such torment. He's praying for somebody just to give him one drop of water. One drop of water to cool his tongue. He said, for I am tormented in this flame. There's an unanswered prior of relief. Somebody make it stop. Somebody help me. Somebody, somebody cut the flames out. Somebody pour some water. Somebody turn it off. I've had enough. I've had all that I can stand. I'm sorry. I'm ready to get saved. I'm ready to do whatever. Somebody just make it stop. But it don't stop. It never stops. The Bible says that the fire is not quenched. It never ceases. It never even gets dim or loses its intensity. The bigger hell gets and the more people goes. The, the fire is just as hot as it's been ever since hell was created. It's just as hot today. It's not lost one ounce of heat. It never gets any easier. It never eases up. The pain never stops. I, I mean, they're to the point they'd love to die all over again just to ease their suffering, but they can't even die. They've already died. Their soul lives for eternity. Death's already came and went. Their bodies died, but their soul will live on. Because God breathed life into a man and gave man a soul, that soul never dies. That's why we spend all eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. They'd love to die and it would just be all over and, and just to be a thought or a memory. They'd love for, But it ain't never going to end and it ain't never going to get any easier. It never gets any easier. It never ends. It never lets up. It never stops. There's no relief in hell. That's an unanswered prayer. They're praying tonight. It'd be an overwhelming amount of people we could hear. If we could hear into hell tonight, it'd be an overwhelming amount of people praying for some relief. 
there's no relief to be found. Nobody's listening. Brother Tim, even if we could go and try to help them, even if we could take a water hose down there and try to spray them down and, and cool them off and give them some relief, we can't do it. No way. It's not possible. As much as we might love to be able to help them and to ease their suffering, it's not possible. You say, preacher, this sounds so horrible. Why would it be like this? Because the darling Son of God, God's only begotten Son, suffered, bled, and died uh, like no man's ever suffered by mine and your sin debt and by our pardon. And if you reject the free gift of God, uh, an awful place called hell of torment will be your eternal destination. Uh, God will not have mercy. God will not have pity if you reject what His darling Son done just for you. That's why it's so horrible. That's why it's so awful. Because he paid the price for you not to have to go. And you rejected his son. Therefore, he'll reject you. That's why it's so awful. It's the judgment and the wrath of God. Because you turned down his son's free gift of salvation. That he suffered for you to have. He bore the wrath of God so that we wouldn't have to. And if you reject his substitution for your sin and you reject the gift of God, you'll face the wrath of God for all eternity in a place called hell. That's why it's so awful. I'll give you one more and I'm done. There's one more unanswered prior in hell, I believe, tonight. It's a prior to reach people. That rich man begged and pleaded with, with, with Abraham, would you please send Lazarus that he may go tell my brethren he said, I've got some brothers that are still alive. Would you please send somebody to go tell them, to go warn them about this awful place so that they don't end up in the same shape that I'm in now? Would somebody please, Brother Marty, and go warn my brothers, it's too late for me, I'll never get out, uh, my suffering will never ease up, but if somebody could please stop my brothers, somebody please stop my family from going to this awful place. Would somebody please? It's a shame tonight that people in hell have a lot greater burden for lost people than you and I do. A far greater burden because they know the reality of hell tonight. They know the seriousness. They know the awfulness. They know the suffering better than all of us because they're experiencing it. They know about it. They have a greater burden for lost people than you and I do tonight. They care more. They would do more tonight, far more tonight than you and I are doing, if they could. If they could. There may be some people that's, that's died and went to hell tonight. They don't know that if you're saved or not, they could be praying for you right now, hoping and praying you don't find the same shape that they're in. They're more burdened for people that are lost than you and I are. They know the reality. As I said before, if we could go and, and, and spray them down and cool them off and give them some relief for their suffering, if, if we could do that, no doubt many of us would, but we can't. But you know what we can do? The Bible said, some having compassion, making a difference, pulling them from the fire, saving them from the... You can't help the ones that's already went, but you can sure try to stop the ones that ain't went yet. We can still do something about the ones that ain't went yet. It's not too late for them if they're still alive and breathing. There's still hope that, that one day that the God, the Holy Ghost, would deal with their heart and draw them to them that they could still get in before it's everlasting too late. 
Can't do nothing about those that are dead, but there's plenty out here that's alive that you can do something for. There's plenty that you can be a roadblock, be a warning. Hey, 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 you don't want to go the way you're going. Hell's an awful place. The eternity's way too long. You need to stop and think about where you're headed. You don't have to go. My Savior died for you to keep you from going to that awful place. All you got to do is accept Him. He done paid the price. He done made the way. All you got to do is trust Him. God help us to have a greater burden for the ones it's not too late. There's a multitude of people out here it's not too late. God help us that are saved to have a burden. Say, preacher, all my family's saved. I ain't got nothing to worry about. What about somebody else's family? That could have been you. That could have been your family member. Praise God. Thank God I thought all your family's saved. But there's plenty of other people's families that ain't saved. Ain't one of the greatest characteristics of being saved is having the love of God in our hearts. And God loves everybody. What happened to compassion? What happened to loving people? It's one of the greatest characteristics of showing that you're saved and you're a child of God is that you love one another. And I don't think he's just meaning just save folk. But loving the stranger. Loving the cashier at Walmart. Loving the school teacher at school. Loving the co-worker that you stand beside every day. Loving one another. I'm not here to scare nobody. I'm not here to, 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 to try and push somebody into doing something. That's not my heart at all. God knows my heart. I like to hope and pray that y'all know my heart, know me well enough. No, that's not what I'm interested in. But if God does trouble your heart, thank God that's a good thing. If God does convict your heart, if God does speak to you, that's a wonderful thing because you can do something about it. He don't want you to go any more than you want to go. He died to keep you from going, friend. He don't want you to go either. Just trust Him. Some of these little ones, maybe not to the time where they understand or maybe God hasn't spoke to their heart yet. He will. He will. I don't, I don't find where he's ever turned somebody away that was seeking him. I don't find that anywhere. I don't find it anywhere, Brother Marty. I've never found anywhere in the Word of God where he turned away somebody that was seeking him. I did find one time that he tried to discourage one. And she said, yeah, Lord, but even the dogs eat of the crumbs. And he had compassion on her just as well as everybody else. I don't know your heart. I, I've tried my best to share with you what the Lord's laid on my heart tonight. If Miss Megan come get us a song. Let's all stand this evening. It's a sobering thought. To think about all the unanswered prayers that are going in hell right now. People that we can't do anything for. But there's a multitude outside of here that we can do something for. If we'd have a burden. I don't know your heart. Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe the Lord has spoke to your heart. Maybe the Holy Ghost has come by your way and spoke to you and drew him to him. Maybe you've never been saved by the grace of God. Maybe tonight be the night. God, the Holy Ghost comes by your way, offers you an invitation to come and meet the Savior. Don't turn him away. Don't pass him up. Don't regret it. You'll regret it if you do. You don't have to. Come and meet him tonight. Get saved by the grace of God. Have peace in your heart for all eternity. Never have to worry about where you live, where you go, and spend eternity when you leave this world. You're here tonight. You're saved by the grace of God. I bid you to pray. I bid you to pray.
not just for those out there. Yes, we need to pray for a bird for those out there, but let's pray for those that are in here. I believe there's some tonight that's in here that's lost. They've been saved by the grace of God. Would you pray that God the Holy Ghost would deal and draw and that God would give them the courage and the faith to believe so they could be saved? This thing's about over with. We better do business while we can. Better, better do business while we can. If you're here tonight and never been saved by the grace of God, would you please come? God died to save you and to keep you from hell. You don't have to go. You don't have to go. You don't have to go if you'll come and ask the Lord to come into your heart. He'll save you tonight. He'll save you tonight. You don't have to do a thing but ask Him and trust Him. Would you come? Would you come? Nobody's going to think nothing bad of you. Nobody's going to look down on you. We were all lost at one time or another. We all, if we're saved by the grace of God, we all had that time in our lives we had to slip out, swallow our pride, quit worrying about what everybody else thought, and come to Him and get saved. Would you please come? You're not promised another opportunity. If God the Holy Ghost has spoke to your heart and said to come, you can get saved tonight. Tonight can be your night. Tonight's your opportunity. You can get saved by the grace of God. You don't have to die and go to that awful place called hell. You may never get another opportunity. May never get another chance. Don't let him pass you by. Don't let him pass you by. If he's come by your way tonight, he's come by your way and spoke to your heart. Don't tell him no. You may regret it for all eternity. Suffered in all the place called hell. You may remember this very service. You can remember this very invitation. While you're standing there at that pew wishing to God that you'd let go and that you'd come and trust Him as your Savior, but but instead you rejected Him and, and now you're doomed for all eternity never to get out. There's not, a, there's not a boy or a girl. There's not a man or a woman. There's not, there's not an amount of pride. There's nothing in this world worth dying and going to hell for. There's nothing in this world. I turn loose whatever it is I was holding on to and I'd run to Him. There's nothing. There's nothing worth dying and going to hell. Preacher, you don't understand. I've been a church member for years. You don't understand. I've done been baptized. I've seen a choir. Uh, you don't understand. I'm a deacon or I'm a Sunday school teacher. It don't matter. It's not worth dying and going to hell for. Friend, this thing's real. Eternity lasts too long. Hell's too awful of a place. If I could, I'd do it for you. But you've got to make the choice. You've got to make the decision. I'd do it for you in a heartbeat. I'd do it for you in a heartbeat. Don't turn him away. It could be the last chance that you ever get to get saved by the grace of God. Don't regret it for all eternity. I'd do it for you, but you got to do it. you got to come to him. Please don't leave here lost tonight. He died to save you and keep you out of hell. He's done all he can do. He said, all he can do, it's up to you. I wouldn't let a position, I wouldn't let a person, I wouldn't let anything hinder me from getting peace in my heart tonight, Brother Derek, that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know that I was saved by the grace of God. I'd get her settled. I'm glad it's not a hope so salvation. You're talking about a miserable thing. Wondering and worrying, am I saved? Am I lost? Am I going to heaven or am I going to hell? It'd be a, it's a miserable thing. It don't have to be that way. 
I'm glad the Word of God says that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know tonight. It is a no-so salvation. You can have full assurance in your heart. You don't have to worry when you lay your head down at night. You can have peace knowing where you go when you leave this world. You can settle her tonight. You can settle it tonight for all eternity. Never have to worry about it again. Never worry about it again. I don't know who you are tonight. My heart sure is burning. I have no idea who you are. If I could do anything else, I would. Brother Derek, if I could do anything else, I would. If there's something else I could say, if there's something else I could do. It's up to you. It's up to you. Please don't regret this service for all eternity. Don't leave the way you came. Come and be saved. Hell's an awful place. It's real. Some 2,000 years and the rich man's still there. It might have been even three or 4,000 years. I don't know when he died. He's still there. The fire's just as hot today as it was the first day that he entered. Ever since the first day which we read about that he lifted up his eyes being in torment, the fire's just as real right now as it was some thousands of years ago. Hell's enlarging herself. There's two more. Two more. They're waking up for the first time. Waking up in the first time of the nightmare of their life. Waking up in an awful place called hell. Don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. They's probably a teenager. Thought they had their whole, the whole, the whole rest of their life ahead of them. They was healthy. Had everything going for them. They could have died in a car accident just a moment ago. And woke up for the first time in hell. And now it's too late. That's very possible. Very possible. I'm not gonna hold you for I'm not gonna hold you forever. But I don't want nobody to die and go to hell. I don't want nobody to go. I wouldn't worst I wouldn't wish that I'm the worst person alive, Brother Derek. I believe if Adolf Hitler would have would have called upon him, he'd have saved him. I don't believe he's a sinner too lost. I don't believe he's a sinner too great. Paul said that he was the chief of sinners. God saved him. God saved you. He'd save you right now if you'd ask him. He'd come into your heart and give you peace like you've never known. But you got to ask him. She's going to play one more verse and we're done. That's all I can do. Rest up to you. There ain't nothing worth dying and going to hell for. Nothing in this world. Hell's way too hot and eternity's way too long. Forever, over and over and over and over. She's playing this last verse. It's for you.
good team.